Well, hello, everybody. Welcome once again to our journey through this teaching, Maturing Toward Wholeness in the Inner Life. In this session now, we come to the 22nd teaching in this series. And in this time together, we're going to be talking about the instruction of the Lord to honor our father and mother. Actually, a very, very important instruction that the Lord gives us for our own benefit and for our own spiritual and emotional health and for the great benefit of society and the people of God. We have used as a subtitle to this chapter, Learning God's Ways in Relating to Authority. So let's talk a little bit about God, a little bit about the human being, a little bit about the role of authority and the role of our parents in that whole scenario. So we start off by recognizing that God is actually a social being. What was God doing before he created the world? Well, God was enjoying themselves. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit were together in a community of incredibly glorious, mutual love, support, affirmation, blessing. And since we are created in God's image, we also are social beings. So this takes a little bit of work sometimes because we, particularly in the Western cultures, have been so formed to think of ourselves in terms of individuals and there's a whole dimension where that is true. We are individuals. But it's also true that if all we are as individuals, we end up pretty distorted and malformed people because we're also created for other people. We're created for relationship. We're created social. And God used the circumstances of our birth, the circumstances of my birth, to plant me in a concrete, specific social setting. So each one of us started off our life in a preformed social setting. My social setting includes authority structures. So it's not just a bunch of individuals kind of bouncing around with each other. They're actually structures, and these structures have authorities in them. For example, family, or religion, or school, or work, or government. So God designed the human community, the human society, to function within pre-established social human authorities. Now, God's purpose in providing these authorities, like everything else God did, was good. Think of what life would be if there were no authorities. So these, these human authorities, to which we've just alluded, offer stability. They offer protection. They offer the preservation of collected memory. They offer integration into the broader society. So I am born into a particular family. That family gives me a context for neighborhood, a context for church, a context for school, a context for work. So in all the other contexts that I become grafted into, that family 
gives me a basic foundational social setting from which to emerge as I mature as a person. Human authorities are established by God to serve as extensions of his authority. To live well, I must learn how to relate effectively with them. So let's just pause there for a minute and let that sink in. Because the overall theme that we're dealing with here is uh, maturing toward wholeness in all of life. How does that happen? Through discipleship to Jesus. So how did God design human life? Well, he designed it so that we would function well, we would function successfully, we would function in healthy ways as we relate to these human authorities that we find in our lives. Of course, we become also part of these authority structures. So it's not just that we submit to authority, but we actually exercise authority. So knowing how to relate well to authority is a crucial component to living a well-rounded, successful, fruitful, meaningful life. Now, here's where we begin to get into a bit of a challenge, because all that we've said so far does not acknowledge human brokenness, so we need to do that. Of course, these human authorities in my life are not entirely as God intended them to be. They, like me, have been damaged by sin, and this causes them to dysfunction. So God designed the authorities, but the authorities are broken. Why? Because they're made up of human beings who are broken, human beings like me. So the authority structures in life are broken, but I am also broken. So they are broken in their function, and I'm broken in the way I relate to them. So now we've got to begin to deal with human brokenness. The effects of sin cause human authorities to malfunction as they exercise their authority, and me to malfunction as I relate to their authority. Now we come to our parents. Where do our parents fit into all this? Parents were designed by God to be my initial human authorities. Disorders in how I relate to them can set in place disorders in how I relate to other authorities. So we talked about this in an earlier study. God had this beautiful design that each new human being, each newly born infant, would have his or her first experience of community in the context of this beautiful, unique, compassionate, supportive, affectionate relationship between a man and a woman, husband and wife, father and mother. And that context would provide the context that the new human being needed to begin to grow and mature emotionally and spiritually in a healthy way. The problem, of course, is that there are no perfect parents. There are no human structures that aren't broken. And so our parents are ordained of God to be our initial experience of human authority. But if we learn 
early on in our relationship with our parents, not to relate well to them, the things that we're learning, the habits that we're forming, the viewpoints that we're embracing, we take with us into relating to the other spiritual authorities that we will encounter as we grow up. God made the choice as to who my parents would be. And just think about that. It's, really, it's worth letting that sink in. How did I get my parents? Do I like my parents? Do I not like my parents? If I think of my parents, would I, would I have chosen other parents? Do I think I could have done a better job choosing my parents? Actually, it was God who chose my parents. I didn't have that choice. God chose my parents. So if I find myself unable to relate well to my parents, that is going to affect my relationship with God. I am going to be unable to trust my father to do for me that which is best. So did God have my best in mind when he chose my parents for me? It's a crucial question that needs an answer that we're really comfortable with and really related deeply into. To mature toward wholeness, I must be able to trust that my Heavenly Father has done well by me in all things, including his choice of my parents. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Can we believe that? Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, including in the choice of my parents and how I learn to relate to them. We must show mercy to our parents. Let's say that again. We must show mercy to our parents. There are no perfect people. There are no perfect parents. There are no perfect children. As a parent, I too will need mercy. So we can get in the trap of being unwilling to show our parents mercy. And then when the time comes when we have our own children and they grow old enough to begin to evaluate us, we may find, oops, I think I need some mercy for my children now because there are no perfect parents. There are no perfect children. And every parent can remember times when they wish they could have done it again. And so we need to be in a position to show our parents mercy. Sometimes we can be very hard on our parents only to discover years later that we have hurt or wronged our own children in similar ways. Now let's take one step further in this whole thing of how do we relate to the fact that human authorities, beginning with our parents, but certainly not limited to our parents, human authorities share in the brokenness of humanity, a brokenness which I also share. How do we begin to deal further with that? To honor my parents is not, repeat, is not to be in denial about their imperfections. I learn to honor them in spite of imperfections. Their imperfections 
and my imperfections. So it's crucial that we can be honest. We're not here talking about denial. We're not here talking about romanticism. We're talking about something that's greater than imperfections. We're talking about honor. And the capacity to honor one another is a central component of love. We can't love someone without honoring that person. And we can't love our parents without being able to honor them. And we can't truly honor them without telling the truth about their imperfections and truth about our imperfections and recognizing that honoring them is above that, doesn't erase that, doesn't deny that, but it goes together along with that. All human authorities are flawed. They are human. I am to honor them and respond in healing ways to their neediness. Now, how do I know that? How, how, how can I learn how to respond in healing ways to the neediness of my parents and the other human authorities I encounter? Jesus teaches me how. So this brings us back to discipleship to Jesus. How do I learn to honor my parents? By walking with Jesus, by learning from him. Lord, teach me how to live life. Teach me your way, Lord. In relating with authorities, I can be wounded far more by my own wrong responses to their actions than by the wrong actions themselves. So how are we going to respond to our parents or anybody else, school teachers, people at work, people in the government? How am I going to respond to that? And I can respond in ways, am I going to respond with anger? Am I going to respond with contempt? Am I going to respond with judgmentalism? Am I going to respond by withdrawing from them? I can wound myself far more by my wrong responses to what others do than the actions themselves cause to me. So be warned. A key part of healthy Christ-like living is learning how to respond. Now, some responses that wound, just to push this out one step further, anger, payback, evil speaking, rebellion, those kind of responses wound me more than the actions of my parents or other authorities. Responses that honor, how do I honor, protect, and heal? Examples. Patience, understanding, forgiveness, mercy, love. When I feel inner pain, I may need to admit that I sometimes do not respond in Christ-like ways. So let me say that in another way. We go through life, particularly in the relationships in the family, and we can easily experience wounding inner wounding, things have hurt us, and we haven't worked through that hurt to the point of healing. So we're carrying hurt that goes back, that is historical in its origin. And that hurt can surface when the right circumstances are there, and I can feel inner pain. Now, when I feel that inner pain, I can act that out. What does that mean? It means that I simply do things or say things 
that are rooted in that inner pain, but that inner pain goes back into history. So that acting out can take the form of unchristlike behavior, anger, bitterness, judgmentalism, etc., etc. And what my real need is, is to be healed. Speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up into Christ, Ephesians 4, 16. Immaturity speaks the truth in anger. Maturity speaks the truth in love. Let me say that again. Immaturity speaks the truth in anger. Maturity speaks the truth in love. So in our relationship with our parents and other authorities, indeed, the time comes when we need to speak the truth. How are we going to speak that truth? If we speak that truth in anger, we will further wound, further confuse, probably resolve nothing. Jesus teaches us how to speak the truth in love. Honoring my parents does not mean I must be passive in the face of habitual, hurtful behaviors. I can honor them while establishing appropriate boundaries. So this introduces us to the issue of boundaries. And we're going to spend a good bit of time now talking about boundaries. Why is that? Because what does a person do when we're in a relationship, again, with parents or with in a marriage or in school or in work or wherever it might be? We're in a relationship. We want to honor the authorities, but the authorities are abusive. And we're in a context where if we don't take some action, that abuse is going to continue. So again, one possible action is anger, bitterness, payback, all of that. That doesn't solve anything, just makes the problem worse. But at the same time, we need to take action. How do we do that? Understanding boundaries is a key understanding. Wise boundaries offer me protection against the hurtful behavior of other people toward me and my own hurtful behavior toward others. Boundaries become necessary when parents or other people act in ways that are abusive physically, emotionally, sexually, or spiritually. Establishing boundaries with parents can be sensitive, even painful, but done in God's way, it can support maturing and healing for everyone. So, how do I establish boundaries in a way that honors my parents and others, but at the same time in a way that tells the truth about what's going on and offers protection for me and also for them? So boundaries is not just about protecting me, it's also about protecting them. So we'll, we'll talk about that in our next session together. Let's pray. Father, teach us how to truly from the heart honor our parents. We want to honor you, Father, by honoring our parents. You chose my parents for me, Lord, and I thank you for all that I have received from them, beginning with life. Thank you for them. 
Lord, I see in them imperfections. I see in myself imperfections. So, Lord, I want to just come, as it were, with my parents. And all of us stand together at the foot of the cross and say, Lord Jesus, have mercy upon us. Teach us your ways. Heal our wounds. Correct our behavior. Create within us your own likeness that we may have inside of us the capacity to honor one another and to live lives that are fruitful and good and pure and beautiful for your glory. Do this, we pray. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, amen.